so kind as to look in your Bibles. Now we have more Bibles in the sanctuary. There are some with black covers and some with uh, red covers. But look in the book of Isaiah. If you were to open the Bible, typically if you open in the center, you may come out in the Psalms. If you go a little bit uh, further, you may go back into Isaiah. Right after the song, right after the poetic Psalms, Proverbs, Psalms, 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 Psalms. We're going to look at first at chapter 43 of that ancient literature. And I will be reading verses 18 through 21. Listen to the word of the Lord. But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, and the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so many chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Second reading of this morning is of the gospel. And for some reason, as Presbyterians, it is not as, as fun to read the gospel as it is in the Lutheran church. How many Lutherans, uh, ex-Lutherans do I have around here? Uh, yeah. Isn't it amazing when you go to read the gospel, there's a singing of the choir, and you raise up there, and you say, this is the holy gospel according to... Yeah, I used to slaughter with a Lutheran <laughs> in Boyden Beach. And boy, was it exciting to read the gospel with the Lutherans. But the word is the same. And let us look back at Luke chapter 5. Of course, the beginning of the book. And Luke is the third of the fourth gospel that shows up in the Bible. Now, you may be wondering, of course I know Luke is the third of the gospels. But you know, with 4% of people out there not going to Sunday school in their lives, I think I have to explain some things if we have them here, or at least get used to it when they arrive. So they won't know what we're talking about. Chapter 5, verses 33. And I will read to the end of that chapter. This is the Gospel of the Lord. One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist, disciples, fast and pray regularly and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment, and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. 
the new wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine is just fine, they say. This is the gospel of the Lord. As a typical 50 less
is not really born out of our own self-will. Innovation, I would like to suggest, is a prince. It is a vestige. It is something that is left behind from the image of God in ourselves, in our creation. Because it is God, the creator, who innovated an amazing system of solars and stars and planets that keep a regular rhythm that we call time today. It is the creator who gave the variety of birds and flowers, the variety of people, the variety of songs and colors that we enjoy today in Mother's Day. It is this creator who has the ability to create eons of space, eons of planets, and who knows what else God has created. And God one day said, let there be light, and there was light. And in that same place that God proclaimed it for there to be light, one day he said, let us make human beings to our image, into our likeness. And it is the ability of creativity that comes to us from God. Do you know that not wanting to change, liking stagnation, not changing, not innovating, is actually a result of a fall of our human nature that does not like to see creativity, that does not like to see change? Gary Aubin, a professor of leadership and, and change at Regent University, states that the new mentality needs to be developed in order to develop new ideas. And he says that is a biblical statement. Francis Schaeffer says it according to the artist. The Christian is one of the most whose imagination should fly beyond the stars. Because we have the image of God within us. Today in Sunday school, we found out and we discovered or we were reminded that God dwells within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. That we have the person of God in us to speak, to guide, to inspire, to motivate, to correct, to guide us closer to Jesus and to God. It is within us that we see the ability that we can find new perspective because God is using us to create the new church. You see, when God does something new, God does something new. And when God does something new, it sometimes, inevitably, does not look like the old man. Does the temple look like Jesus? Does a day called Saturday look like Jesus? For Jesus is our Passover Jesus is our Sabbath. And yes, we should take a day. But ultimately, Jesus is our Sabbath. You see, God does something new. A new approach to new challenges. What innovation, what creativity was God's when God decided to come Himself? In the form of human being. To communicate with us. The old story is told that a man saw a group of ants. All crawling straight towards a lake of kerosene that had spilled over in his garage. And the ants, for some reason, were racing towards that spill of kerosene, knowing that if they touched him, they were die. How can this man avoid this ants getting to the kerosene? How can I communicate with little ants? How can I do that? God answers the question. And God became an act. And Jesus Christ became one of us to tell us, you are mine. 
I made you. You didn't make yourself. You are mine. For God's own purposes. That's the amazing thing. But in our existence, in our life, why do we need innovation? Because it's God's own character. God's character is always creating, it's always innovating, it's always doing something new. Last evening, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I was dreaming that I could speak like Spock spoke to Captain Kirk with those little things. Yeah, they're called phones. And, and, and we dreamt about it, but mine, the one that I had at the Denuncia's house, Anunciata's house, it had a cord. And I could only go so far. I couldn't go that far. And I would dream about the idea. Ah, one day we may be able to communicate with little boxes and say, Scott, beat me up. Well, we have the little boxes, but Scott can still not beat me up. <laughs> but we know how it's called. We know the name. It's demolecularization. Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> it breaks up the molecules and then we can be transported. Amazing creativity. Now, well, the other day my wife was in Florence, Italy, with my daughter last week, and they ran into a, a wonderful place called Hard Rock Cafe in Florence. And my daughter discovered that there was white wine. And somebody might, my, my, it was 7.30 in the morning when this that's, by the way, that's the call from Skype. And I rushed to my computer. I said, oh, somebody's calling me. I grabbed my computer, I pushed it, I opened up the window, and there's my daughter and my wife in Hard Rock Cafe Florence. I'm looking at their faces. They're looking at my morning face. <laughs> they know it. Yeah. So uh, we had a conversation all the way from Florence, Italy, to Austell, Georgia, and we were looking at each other. Amazing innovation. But why do we need innovation? Is it just to have fun? Is it just to, for the sake of change? No, because society has changed. Actually, our three congregations were crying out loud for innovation and creativity because we were just dying and sprawling in the little worm, eating dirt. Because maybe we forgot the main thing. That's why we need innovation. Because maybe our culture has shifted in such a degree which is, has been unprecedented. And like I mentioned, only 4% of people under 35 went to Sunday school. Only 4% of people under 35 experienced something. Now, if you think that's just a statistic, that says a lot. Think about it. Talk to me about it. And eventually, someone dropped the ball Someone dropped the ball, and we just became enamored with our little club in church. And we just lived for our programs, and our little teas, and our lunches, and our activities, and we forgot about the world. Actually, when we remembered the world out there, the world had changed. Oh my God. What are all these people doing here? So God, in God's mercy, is telling us, I am about to do a new thing. No, now it springs forth. Do you not see it? Do you not see what God is doing amongst us? 
Do you not see what God wants to do in your life, in my life, to quicken and revive that person of Jesus Christ? So that, no, I don't want any of us going out there to preach the gospel. I don't know what that means. But we can go out there and talk about Jesus. And I know what that means. We can go out there and share stories of Jesus and share stories of Jesus with us. And those are transforming experiences. God is doing something new. Something new, something refreshing. God is remaking. God has given us this great opportunity. In our New Testament text, Jesus is confronted by, by the typical ones, the religious people of the day. The people who wear black robes you know, and things like that. I would take it up. But really it was the religious leaders who were bugging Jesus everywhere he went. And in this occasion, they are trying to compare if, if, if uh, the disciples from John the Baptist and the disciples of the other leaders in our religion do fast and do follow the rules and regulations, why aren't your people doing this? And this was basically a challenge. A challenge confronting Jesus. And Jesus, like usually, answers from his heavenly and missional perspective of God, not from their earthly Perspective where they're coming from to attack. So Jesus tells them. Actually, what they were they were comparing the old laws and regulations with what Jesus was about to bring: freedom, joy from the slavery of the law. So Jesus was bringing a great innovation, saying, instead of following the law, believe in me. I have followed the law, I have completed it all, and by faith you will be saved through grace. You see? So Jesus is comparing and saying, oh, you guys want to do regulation stuff? Go ahead and do it. And then he brings it to two parables to confuse everybody even more. Yeah. You know, not easy. Jesus is not easy. And he's dangerous. Because once you begin to understand Jesus, you want to do things that are not normal to the world. So watch it. Watch it, I hope. If you get too close to Jesus, you may want to transform the world. God may use you to do that. But don't we all want a better way for the church? Don't we all would like to find a way of doing church that these seats that are empty and these ones that are empty and the ones that are back here empty and the ones beside you and in front of you would be full and filled with souls hungry for the beauty of God, for God's message of peace, for God's message of reconciliation, for God's message of oneness in spite of diversity. But one thing we have to realize, that in creating innovation, we have to leave behind our old ways. And that's how the text in Isaiah began. Forget about all of that stuff that you used to do. That is why you're moving into a lot of hope and a new vision. We have to stay in the cocoon for a while and learn new ways of doing church. We have to shed our traditions. We have to shed our patterns. Not talking about the gospel message. But on the methods and procedures and styles that we got used to that are no longer working. So we have to relearn a new way of doing church. We have to relearn a new way of growing spiritually. 
And while we are in that cocoon, while we are dissolved, mushy, and I won't say the word too late. <laughs> Who wasn't here last week? No, I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Temple. <clears throat> Thank you. Nicholas, <laughs> you know, mushy. I didn't say it. Uh, but, but, you know, as we are there in that process of dissolving what we used to be, there is hope. Because within that cocoon, that chrysalis, there is the DNA. There is the programming of innovation. There is the perspective. There is, shall I say, the hope called predestined expectation that Jesus has called out of hope, out of the stage of crawling in and dirt into the cocoon to learn to be a new way, to learn to the church for a new generation, to learn to love Jesus closer, to learn to speak of Jesus in an easier, natural, organic way that's not preachy. To learn to be the church for a new generation. That's the call that I will be repeating this month. You got one more. So what is it? We need to basically learn the mind of Christ. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world and the way this world thinks, says Scripture, as we said last week. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Learn new things. Because as we learn the new things, the text says, then we will figure out what is the good will of God. How many of us in leadership here at Lattimore wants to do the will of God? How many of us who are just members and friends here at Lattimore, we want to do the will of God? I do. Hands. We want to do the will of God. So by doing the will of God, Texas morning said we have to renew our way of thinking. We have to renew the way we are used to the church. The message is never going to change. One of my pastors, where I came out of Central Presbyterian in South Florida, he, he needed to change the slogan, you know, some of the slogan. And he said, preaching the ancient gospel to a postmodern world. The textbook that you took uses the idea of preaching the vintage gospel. Because that doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's relationship to people doesn't change anymore. He's established it in the second covenant, and I'm not expecting a third one. So we are called. We are the ones that have to renew our minds. Why isn't that community coming in droves here? Because we haven't yet renewed our minds. We're in that process of learning. And God is so merciful. God is so good to us that he's not going to let us ruin it by bringing people that we don't know how to handle it and, you know, we mess it up. We've got to get ready. We've got to get busy with the code and the chrysalis to learn to renew, to learn how to do church for a new generation that's hungry for God. The other day, I told you I like to watch TV. And while I watch modern Bible, marvels, I sneak into other TV shows. <laughs> I slip into other stuff like ghost adventure, celebrity ghost stories. <laughs> you know why? Because all those people are hungry for something beyond what they're experiencing here and now. And I'm listening to their hunger. And I'm listening to their thirst. 
into their wish and expectation of seeing something. They want to be convinced that there is life after death. You know how many programs I just went into online and I went into a TV guide and I just took one week and I was able to count. You know, you know how many programs about life after death, including ghosts and things like that, are per week? 72. 72 hours of ghost stuff. And we still find it. I try to remember. There's hunger out there. Maybe we have lost the edge. Maybe we turn into work too much. But God has given us an opportunity and He's telling us that God is doing something new. Here in our midst. Here at Battlefield. Do not be conformed to the ways of thinking of this world, but be transformed. Change your way of thinking so that your way of living will also change and you will then discover what is the good, pleasurable, and perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, you have spoken to our hearts. May we embrace your word. May we embrace the words of your spirit in our spirit. May we obey, study, and learn how to be a community of transformation, not just another church around the block. For Christ our Lord, we thank you. Amen. 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 Amen.